We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, right, here we are, Monday. Lori and Julia here on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are on the MyTalk app. We are on social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Basically everywhere that you are, even the old-fashioned radio. So I'm going to throw it to Lori and Julia now to start today's show. Thank you, Holly. So how did everybody get through the weekend? The most um, just uh, surreal, sad, just make, made, made your blood boil, made you cry. I mean, did... You, were you having all that emotion, Holly? I mean, I, Julia's trying to figure out oh. her thing. Okay, figure out your thing. Figure well, out how to work her, you know, what do you call it, the headset? The headset. <laughs> plug, plug, plug that thing in, all right. Uh, well, you know. I'm just asking how Holly got through the weekend. You know, it was uh, it was a weekend. I, mean, the, I think if you're just asking personal experience, yes. you know, it, what my space was occupying during the weekend, I will say. You know, I live in South Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, I live in Whittier. Mm-hmm. And Friday night was really intense. It was. You know? Um, there Did you was, evacuate? Well, you, Friday night, I was. it was in South Minneapolis. Right. It was. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing that was happening in there was that it was unfolding in real time. Mm-hmm. Uh, sonically, physically. All of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I can speak to that experience. Yeah. Um, on a personal it, level. Oh, you guys. I uh, It was, I will say, Joy, I know you were gone was, this weekend yeah, and um, gone, but not completely no. forgetting about what was going no, on. I know because, of course, the news. yeah, it would be on. And I know um, it just felt, you know, because there were rumors about these bad people coming into right. town and. What was going to go on in the constant state of helicopters uh, was really something. And then talking to the neighbors and then there were neighborhood watch groups, you know, passing out things, you know, to, hey, put your garbage cans and your recycling in the garage and be on the lookout and move, you know, just kind of like these things because you don't know. And and I thought, well, this the one thing I will say about that whole high level of anticipation and anxiety and be nervous. I thought, well, now uh, a lot of white people know how oh. maybe black people feel on a regular basis when, when I- they leave their homes and they don't know what's going on and you're just going about your daily business. And it was very surreal, you know, to walk, you know, Grand Avenue completely boarded up. Um, 
the pleas that owners are putting on their building. I was at, over at Lake Harriet on Saturday and Linden Hills was boarding up and you're it, it's really a lot to take in through your eyes, through your ears and yet it's sunny out and right. and yet you know that most of the protesters are good. It's oh, just peaceful yeah. protesting. Um and and then just watching the news or comfort like I had to, my mom called me just absolutely crying on Saturday morning because Seattle it, it's, it's every it's fifty every, state but every, she yep. she has been watching the news you know staying up till like two in the morning and she was just to hear my mom cry and she said I'm so ashamed of people I'm so ashamed of what people have done to people of color I'm so upset at what can I do I'm seventy eight years old I and I said mom. Tonight, you're not going to stay up till two in the morning watching mm-hmm. the news because we don't need you having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You already have high blood pressure. You take, you got your rheumatoid arthritis and you got your bad knee and this isn't, you know, this isn't going to help you because she's, and I think a lot of people are like, and then people are having conversations with their kids and, you know, you walk around the city anywhere and I will say there's, a lot of children with sidewalk art or middle school kids or whatever remember his name, Justice mm-hmm. for George Floyd. I mean, sidewalks on Summit and Grand Avenue and, you know, Cleveland and Creighton in front of people's homes and schools. And so they're, they're you know, you're like, it's just... There's hope. There's hope. We're just enveloped this. in this whole feeling of, oh my gosh, another black man has died at the hands of the police yeah. and it feels like this time i guess it's the it, it feels like the tipping point that everyone I we've think, had it we've had it with the mm-hmm. injustice we cannot take it anymore you know i think you're right just i think you're right i i hope you're right Lori. yeah we I have to be right. we I, have it, to be we're better than this and it's going to take all of us and uh being outraged and you know, I will just tell you, Joy, I got very spicy on Facebook this weekend on our low J page. Did you? Just, I don't have Facebook, so I wouldn't even see it. I yeah. can't I, I can't get even on to it because I can't remember the 700 passwords for the 15 different fake birthdays right. I put in when it first started. And I didn't want them to have my information. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So I have so many different accounts. I don't even know how to get on. Yeah. And I couldn't. I just didn't feel it in my heart I, to post anything on Instagram. I just don't. That's okay. It's just, it's really, you know, and, and when you're just talked about it, you guys live in the city. I haven't lived in the city. I haven't heard the helicopters. I haven't yeah. heard the sirens. Only when I called you or, you know, or watch it on television. It's, const- it's been constant, it's constant sirens and helicopters. And in Friday when we were on the air, just how scary it was because no one really knew what was going on in the city and everything. And there were rumors. Right, and- right. And, and I think, um, and good and bad news are shared really quickly as are rumors. So many rumors. And yesterday, seeing that we were watching the news live at like five or whenever that protester on the bridge. I mean, yeah. I just was like, "Holy crap! What are we seeing here?" We're going to talk to um, two people that were on the bridge when that happened yesterday, coming up here um, in a few minutes. But I think for so many of us who have been um, in a bubble. Who, in a bubble, mm-hmm. who don't have black children or black family members or or many black colleagues, um, mm-hmm. the fear of wondering where your kids are that we even experienced through for one night, 
mm-hmm. of where your kids do you, are they safe? Do they know what's going on? I can't imagine what has been going on in this community for so long. Years, that to me years, is so years. heartbreaking. It is. That to me just is. It hits home, and and let's we don't hope. know how we're going to do something about it, but we are going to do no, something about it. We're going to be part of the solution, and I hope that we, as a station, do something. I know the Star Tribune um, reported that two point four million dollars. Uh, you told us about this about the uh, We Love Lake Street, Holly. Yes, mm-hmm. two point four million has been raised. I mean, they need millions, but I mean that was a like start. a great start. Twenty three thousand people have donated already. Yeah, and I hope we do the same thing for Midway University because mm-hmm. those are all small family. I mean, there's pockets of people all over that have uh, lost that need help that ne- that right. need help. But um, uh, the the curfew, you know, that was I don't know how you felt about this, Holly, but that was so surreal. Having a curfew being established. Yes, and just that in our neighborhood, everybody, you know, stayed home. But at 8 o'clock, there, you didn't hear anything except sirens sure. and helicopters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was nobody out. There were no cars going anywhere. And if there were, you were looking at them. What the heck are you doing? And it just, like, kind of added this whole level of just well, really worrying. I was so anxious. Yeah, because well, it's the... Un- it- the when you don't the unknown yeah uh and is with fear mm-hmm. that, and it can lead to fear-based thinking when you don't know the unknown you know i will speak from a personal experience on friday night being up uh living blocks away from fires being set in the street mm-hmm. and the absence of information leads to conspiracy leads to being spun out in any number of different directions you know, and uh, giving limited amount of information, you and then sensing with your own body the things that are happening around you, mm-hmm. and then understanding well, what can I do? I don't know. I can stay here, and I can experience what's happening around me. Yeah, you know, and and there there is there is a scariness about that that is just a personal primal scariness to that. And I will say that you know, watching the news on Saturday night. Uh, down in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, seeing your neighborhood be a part of a montage of things happening around the United States. You're like, that's this is the place. These are the places where I live. And you right. know, kind of going back to the conversation that we were having last week about all of these places being in our community mm-hmm. and having you can have different. Ex- we are experiencing so many multiple things at the same time. Yeah. You know, and, and having and being able to hold space simultaneously for all of these things. I know. It, I think uh, I think one of the most heartbreaking interviews I saw, and it was just like maybe a minute and a half, and it was one of the reporters from KSTP talking to a woman, you know, a black woman, oh, uh, who was, where am I going to shop? The Dollar right. General is where I went, and my pharmacy, and she was just absolutely sobbing, you know. Yeah. And uh, so then yesterday... Well, I think it might have happened Saturday to Sanborn Middle School, did a food drive, and it was just incredible what showed up. But, I mean, to see people reaching out and trying to help, I mean, that did balance out the other side of being afraid and and anxious was going, oh, look at, look at, the, look at the helpers. And, and <laughs> the helpers are out there. My neighbor went down to the Lake Street Target and was part of um, helping out and cleaning up yesterday, and she just said it gave her hope mm-hmm. 
it gave her hope. She felt part of it, you know, that part of a solution of something that we have ignored forever. Mm-hmm. And um, and that woman was really, that was a really touching interview. Boy, oh. the news people have been working 24-7. Shout out to all yeah, the no stations kidding. they have been. I mean. We're going to catch up with um, Paul Folger from Channel 5 at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, um, we've got um, a couple of young 30-year-olds who were experienced on the 35 They were bridge. part of the peaceful, peaceful protest, protest that was yesterday. happening. And so we're going to talk to them. All right. We'll be right back. Thanks for hanging out with us. Just to let you know, the curfew tonight is 10 o'clock. Yes, to 4 a.m. For the next two nights. Um, We are being joined right now by a young couple. They're in in their very early 30s, might even just be 30. Stephanie and her boyfriend, Blake. And you guys were part of the peaceful protest yesterday on 35W. And you were on the part of the road where the tanker came down and um, we just want to know about your experiences and what you saw during the protests and how it's going for you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, we're delighted to be able to share our story. Absolutely. Um, thanks again for having us. Uh, so from we both went down with our families and it started at U.S. Bank yesterday afternoon um, with about six or 7,000 other protesters of all races, genders, um, and ages. And it was quite a beautiful experience, honestly, the the protest and um, completely peaceful, nothing like how a lot of the news has been portraying of looting or um, spray painting vandalism. It was really just an outpouring experience of love. I know that we felt completely safe and just empowered and loved um, Mm -hmm. with the community surrounding us, that whole walk and experience um, all the way that led us to I-35W Bridge, um, where unfortunately, as you mentioned, things changed. Um, While we were all standing on the bridge waiting for the mayor to come and talk, Mm -hmm. um, when the semi-gas truck came and um, kind of started going through the the protesters and it turned to be honestly one of the scarier moments of our life and um, just sheer chaos and fear. And Blake, um, what, I mean, what did you guys do? Did you just hear hear the the truck truck coming coming? or did you just see people running? Watching it live, it looked like we're like, wow, where are all these people running? They're running to the sides, but what's coming towards them? And then, you know, then we saw the truck. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think I want to emphasize it was six to 7,000 people, right. you know, sitting on the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had known that it was closed, right? And um, no cars had really entered the fray. And right when we were waiting for the mayor. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Approach, you start to hear people sort of screaming and starting to stand up. Uh, And as you look, there's a gas tank semi sort of barreling towards the crowd. And... It was very frightful. I think, um, you know, there was a point where, uh, you know, he 
almost hit uh, a girl in front of him. But I think because there was a sort of relay of information and people yelling from the head, people were able to move out of the way. But And save lives. And right? save lives. I mean, I think it's kind of frightening to, you know, think about what had happened if people hadn't seen it. But I think, you know, the compassion and restraint that the protesters showed towards that threat is remarkable. And, you know, we saw them or saw him coming and, you know, people had a real perceived threat of a tanker. Again, given the backdrop of what's going on, I think it was, it's so important to highlight that everyone remained peaceful in this yes. and that there's, there would, could have been an opportunity for people to inflict real harm on that guy and violence. But again, I think the message and it continued to be shouted throughout this was this is a peaceful protest regardless of what the intent of this individual was. Right. Well, guys, at the time wasn't known. Yeah, it wasn't. Way, it wasn't we may known. not know. Yeah, right. we thought, is he, is this like some crazy person? And I know uh, State Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington said the guy driving the empty fuel tanker truck from 94 to 35 was speeding. He didn't go around any barricades, and they did it. He was already on before they closed on it on. And, it, they, yeah. you know. But the protesters protected him. They, they did protect him, but he did not have any intent. This is what they're saying yeah. from their investigation. Which is, is nice yeah, to know. And I think, yeah, and I think, look, at that moment, we don't have that benefit, right? That's we right, right. Perceived, perceived threat, and I think it's ironic in a way because, the whole thing that's driving this protest is that, you know, people want that benefit of the doubt to be mm-hmm. uh, installed with the with, on, on the black community right. and the folks that are being pulled over by the police and, and harmed. And they showed that uh, benefit of the doubt to this gentleman. And they're asking for that. We're asking for that in return. And Blake, and for, you know, for people to understand, Blake is a young African-American male. Stephanie, you're um, white. You guys have been dating for a little over a year. I, I know you. Um, and I just want to know, because this is, you grew up in the western suburbs. Um, this must, what has this felt like for you guys since George Floyd's murder? I mean, what has been going on? Because I, 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 you know, the conversations and and you yeah. feeling safe in your community, Blake, or not? Yeah. Look, I think, unfortunately, uh, as an African-American male, um, this is something that you experience and I have experienced growing up in my entire life. Um, you know, the police, you know, do have a difficult job, but they also have a job to protect and serve all members of the community. And, you know, interactions with the police growing up for me, especially as a young teenager, whatever, um, are scary. And, you know, that's a result of, you know, a, a broader thing. It's not the actions of one individual police officer, but, you know, this George Floyd incident isn't the first to happen in the country and that's not true. the first to happen in Minnesota, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Steph can share her yeah. perspective, but that yeah. was mine. I think um, really a big lesson away this week for myself as part of the 80% of Minnesota population that's white is it's a privilege to learn about racism rather than experiencing it throughout your whole life. Um, That kind of message has really sunk in with me. And I think the, the 
understanding and really trying to get to the core of what's happening and moving beyond, oh, this is one instance, let's go to the next sensational news story, but Mm -hmm. really understand systemic problem. This is a consistent and countless problem all across the country. And a lot, no change is really going to happen unless you have the support of the majority, which in Minneapolis and Minnesota is white. Right. Um, and so creating that space for conversation and really stepping up, I think, has been one of, um, I think, a, hopefully a really positive um, thing that will continue to change and continue to help um, move forward all together as one. What do you what do you guys think? Um, you know, we've we've heard different things about when this when the 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 protesting will stop is when the other three officers are charged when um, there is change at the top when a new well, what are you, what are you guys looking forward to um, as next step or when do you see this ending? Look, that's um, a big question. And I, I mean, and I didn't mean to put it. So I don't have to answer it. It's, it's, an important, it's an important question. I think okay. it's an important question. And look, I think the initial protests, um, the impetus was around, the lack of arrests and charges levied right. against Officer uh, uh, that was the main perpetrator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it oh. seems pretty apparent from the video that there were complicit officers. The other three officers were complicit as well. You know Again, what, I'm not a lawyer. We only have like Go a ahead. minute. We only have a minute left. I wasn't looking at the time, so I'm sorry. So I just want to make sure that we give you enough yeah, time. Yeah. No, Absolutely. But I do think that um, the protests will stop when there is systematic change. And I think that's what the protests are trying to uh, raise awareness for. Is this is not just an issue for our minority community, but this is an issue uh, for all of us as Minnesotans, all of us in this country. And it can't be just uh, the burden of, uh, you know, people in the disadvantaged community to speak sure. up. You know, it's 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 incumbent on others to further the conversation and not focus the attention of this on the riots and in the looting and mm-hmm. other things. They need to focus on the root cause of this, which is the systemic racism that's propagating us. Well, you thank you so much for your time, you guys. I hope we talk to you again. Yeah, thank you. thank you guys. Yeah, it's real eye-opening and insightful, and you and we wish you well. And none and of us were there, and they were no, right there. I, so I it was really, good to hear from people who were there, and it did look like that. And all the news reporters were saying that it was peaceful, and it and was I, really amazing, and everyone was going back because there were two protests yeah. yesterday going on. So, hey everybody, thanks uh, for hanging out with us on this uh, Monday. It was a week ago that uh, George Floyd was murdered by yep. Minneapolis. Uh, for for um, police officers and uh, we on Friday we played um, all protest songs and Holly did you post that uh, all of our things so we're doing the same thing today and of course uh, you know Friday we were just kind of like just putting our thoughts together and we weren't all the way we're like ah, but I'm like okay Prince I knew he did a, a, a protest song and this was he wrote this uh, and recorded it. He played all the instruments April of 2018, and it was in response to Baltimore. Right. Freddie Gray, the guy um, who was killed in in uh, 
in the, the back, back of, of the van. Yeah, the back oh. of the paddy wagon yep. and just absolutely terrible. And anyway, just kind of an amazing, beautiful song. So that's called Baltimore. And even though it's kind of an upbeat song, when you listen to the lyrics, he's a damn poet. Well, right. No kidding. All right. So we're going to talk with uh, Paul Folger from KCP Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Paul. Hi, ladies. Uh, Hi. My, I just have to say that all the anchors at all of the three, four uh, stations here in the Twin Cities and your reporters, you guys have just been doing some amazing reporting and coverage. And thank you. Well, thank you, guys. That's a very kind thing to say. It was, it's been a, a number of tough days, and uh, there are just so many things that of interest to everyone, and everyone's got their minds on all of the things that have been happening for the last week, and it's just been, it's been a tough time. Yeah, I was watching, Paul, you guys last night, because you were on the air when the tanker went um, yeah. through the crowd on the oh, bridge. that was unbelievable. And it's still yeah. not confirmed if the driver, you know... Um, if it was a criminal act or not, have they said it wasn't? Well, here's it, it, what happened today. The the governor, okay. Governor Tim Walls, got mm-hmm. on today, and, and he talked about this. And mm-hmm. we saw this yesterday. You're right. We were actually on the air because there was this peaceful protest over on 35W mm-hmm. on the bridge. And we had been following along with the crowds of people. And there were thousands of people. They estimated five to 6,000 people. And as we're talking about this, all of a sudden, you guys saw this. You saw the just the parting of the people and the mm-hmm. splitting of them going either way. And we thought, what's going on? And, and then we saw the truck come towards the folks there. And uh, what, this is what the governor has said today. You know, and fortunately, once again, no one was, no one was seriously was hurt a on miracle. this. Mm-hmm. A miracle. Yes. I mean, it just has to be. You, you saw so many people just scrambling every which way. And no one was seriously hurt or killed. So they... The governor says that it, it does not look like this was an intentional act, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he says. He says that the driver was confused and panicked. So that's according to the governor, and so it does not look like it was an intentional threat. Bogdan Verchirko, uh, that's his name. He was arrested. He has not been charged in this. They say that it appears that Mendoc Cruz had not put up the barriers yet when he got onto the highway, so this is why they think it was not an intentional threat to, to that this happened. But boy, I'll tell you, it was very frightening. You saw everybody yeah. just going every direction, and we just talked to two young people that were on the bridge when it happened. Really? Yeah. It, I, I just, well, you just didn't know what was going on. Was it in? There was I thought intent? it was going to be a bomb, and then I started mm-hmm. freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and also I hadn't realized yesterday that they were. I thought the freeways were closing at seven. I think there was a miss communication because it looked like there were other cars that were yeah. inching along because the closures yep. happened at five yeah things things moved up and you know i think this is just part of the situation that we're in where, mm-hmm. when we have these curfews and we have these road closures and you have the national guard in here working on certain tactics things happen and and sometimes things move very quickly i, I was in the same boat on that early on because i thought I thought, wait a minute, this was supposed to be, I think the night before it was 7 or 8, and they yeah. closed, and then, then we closed at 6, and then all of a sudden it was 5 o'clock. I got that I got that message maybe 15 minutes before 5 o'clock. That was mm-hmm. the first time I actually saw it. And uh, so I, I grabbed everything and, and came into the office because I knew that things were about to change in, in all of that. So, yeah, yesterday was, was really scary to see that truck. It was just amazing. Now, we went under the curfew yesterday, 
the governor has extended the curfew as well for the next two days. Till 10, right? Um, and they go from 10 p.m. It will start mm-hmm. at 10 p.m. instead of 8 p.m., mm-hmm. and it will go to 4 a.m. So that probably is giving people more time to get where they need to be, especially if you've got a lot of people that... A lot of people go to work at 4.30 yep. and 5 o'clock in the morning. So yeah. those those are times that probably just need to be adjusted. They're not going to shut down the highways either this time around. So, you know, there'll be not that many people generally during the week on the highways at night. And so I think they think that they can, you know, make sure that they got they have their eyes on what's going on and things like that. And it was planned to be on 35W or not? Was that a planned thing to <sighs> for that or that it had just gotten so big they realized oh, that we're not going to fit on a street or the streets and the sidewalks? You know, I, I haven't been know. able to get to okay. the bottom of that at all. In fact, all right. last night we were talking to Mayor Fry about that because we kept hearing that that he was supposed to speak there. He was supposed to speak there. And people mm-hmm. were sitting down and kind of waiting on him. And I asked him, I said, well, were you going to be there? Were you going to be, were you actually there? And he, he was not there. Mm-hmm. And he said that I, I, he said something like he had been, he was thinking about going over there or something. Uh, so I don't know yeah. if it was completely planned to end on 35. Yeah. But uh, it that's where it ended up, right yeah. on the bridge. And you know what was interesting is we heard people, some of the folks that after this happened, and they realized that people were not hurt, and they knew that the the driver was taken care of, and they we heard them saying, because Eric Shalou was out there on the ground, our, our reporter, and people were saying, let's continue. Let's continue what we started. Let's continue what we started. And they, they finished that part of their uh peaceful march and I, I believe they ended up back down at u.s bank stadium yes. because that's where it started mm-hmm. at u.s bank stadium went all through downtown across the hennepin bridge came up university and then that's where it, uh, it kind of crossed over onto 35 so that's that's where that happened now uh the national guard you guys know they have been here this weekend yep. So they're starting a partial demobilization of the national guard so that means some of the forces will start to pack up and go home the National Guard was fully mobilized over the weekend, and we had about 4,000 soldiers here to protect the Twin Cities and protect different areas. And you saw that force, especially on Saturday. You saw that they were in and around. And two different the, the days were very different, too, in how, how they approached the crowds and the people and things like that. Very different. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because they had yeah. the protests at the state capitol, and there was a funny... Um, I can't remember what reporter it was that uh, captured an exchange between some National Guardsmen and some protesters who were leaving the Capitol. And yeah. the pro- the National Guard guys, like, eh, next time, you know, we'll make you a cup of coffee. And the other yeah. guys are like, oh, yeah, we'd rather have tea. But they had it <laughs> yes. on video and it was... And yeah, I heard even, about that. Even yeah. some of the images that we saw, because now uh, the George Floyd protests are happening mm-hmm. in every single state. They are. But we did see, you know, in Milwaukee and other... Places where, you know, the police chief and, and the police officers took a knee and um, people were reaching out and hugging and comforting each other. There were some like really like moments of just like, oh, maybe we're not completely screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? it's it's always good to see people coming together in these moments and, uh, you know, just encouraging each other because, you know, a bad, sad tragedy has, you know, can make things, you know, people look in different ways and, and things like that. And that's nearly what we saw was a, a, a nearly a tragedy yesterday yeah. on this bridge. 
Um, you know, and there have just been so many things that have happened over the well, past week. And I week. think you were watching the news and you were commenting, maybe you were showing something that happened in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. Um, there was uh, a, a protest there. And uh, you saw, I believe it was a hug right yes. there. Yeah, I worked in Oklahoma City for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so I knew exactly where they were. They were right in front of the jail there, uh, right outside of downtown. And it looked like that they were protecting the jail. And uh, some protesters were there. And there was like an embrace of a hug. And you saw that. And, and you know, and that's what we want to see. And George Floyd's brother is here today and or, or in, the, in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And he went over uh, to the site over at 38th in Chicago and he looked at this memorial where his brother was uh where his brother was there when the police had him in custody and he knelt down had a prayer right there but you can see this growing memorial and you can tell that that area has not had any damage you know when mm-hmm. when we had some of these conflicts that we had and we saw things burning it did not happen there people have Kind of kept that as a memorial and made sure that there are flowers there and murals there and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw his brother. Uh, he was on Good Morning America, as was uh, Mayor Carter from right. St. Paul. Yes, he was, was at the top of the yep. hour. With, but I'm just amazed at, um, I mean, what are you guys working 10 or 12 hours and the news <laughs> and crew? How and how you keep going and the anxiety you're in danger and the adrenaline. And, like Eric yeah. Shalou oh. and uh, Maxie over yeah. at uh, the you know, your competitor. The you guys have been really well, terrific. Well, everybody has been out on on the roads in the streets and everybody has also uh every this is a team effort and everybody's mm-hmm. looking out for one another i mean there there's a conscious talk about okay who's watching your back who's mm-hmm. around you what are your surroundings and at any moment and anyone you know has anyone has the right and the, the moment to say we got to get out of here we feel like we're not in the right spot right. and that we saw that on on saturday when when we saw yeah. that show of force from National Guard, mm-hmm. when those protesters, which started as peaceful right. over around the 5th Precinct, and they were considered peaceful until after 8 o'clock, and then they were cons- considered as in the way and not doing what they're supposed to do and, and breaking that curfew. But even the arrest and, was peaceful. It seemed so, like they were the next attacking day, Sunday, each yeah. other. Yes, and, you last, know, yes. It was and, like they planned to be arrested. Mm-hmm. Y- yes, l- last night I think um, was a different situation mm-hmm. than we had Saturday. I think you saw more force uh, to show that we are, are here and there will be tear gas used. And then last night uh, was a little bit different tone, and those arrests were very peaceful and, and I think respectful. The officers uh, just, you know, handcuffed the folks, mm-hmm. and and they were, for gen- lack of a better word, gentle, whatever, regular, just, you know, had them stand up and just walked them over to the bus. And that's how they, that's how they did it. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we've just seen so many things happening over the past week. There's another protest going to be over at the governor's residence today. I believe that starts at... Four o'clock, I think. Oh, okay. so we're going to be over that as well. So, but again, the curfews extended. Uh, those are some of the things that you're gonna, you know you're going to see around around the cities tonight. So, you know, it's best to stay home anyway until they figure out you know how they want to make sure 
what's going on keep and everybody is, is yeah. safe yeah. And, and in position. All right. Well, Thank Paul, you, you Paul. guys keep doing your great work. Uh, the media is not lame or fake. We just right. like to say that. It's and been amazing what you guys have done. Oh, yeah, it's, it's mean, very, very much needed and appreciated. And people want to know. And yes, you're we telling do. the stories about the people, you know, who are out there. And yeah. it's important to hear it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we'll, thank you, Paul. When you we come it. back, we are going to hear from, we're going to hear from Beyonce. Okay, everybody. That is Beyonce singing, uh, lift every voice and sing, which is often referred to as the Black National Anthem. And that is from her Coachella performance. And if you saw the Beyonce documentary, you see it's that amazing. performance with the marching band yep. and her beautiful Beautiful voice. And it was, you know, this song, Lift Every Voice and Sing, was publicly first performed as a poem as part of a celebration of Abraham Lincoln's birthday. That's how long ago um, that that was. It was in 1900. So it was, you know, uh, after, of course, he was gone. But it's a prayer of thanksgiving for faithfulness, faithfulness and freedom with imagery basically evoking the biblical exodus from slavery to the freedom of the promised land. And um, if you ever read Maya Angelou's um, autobiography, which if you haven't recommended, I know where the caged bird sings. Um, She writes in that song uh, that it was sung by the audience and students at her eighth grade graduation after white school officials um, dash the ad, the educational aspirations of her class. So she writes about that. Uh, the movie Do the Right Thing features a 30-second cover of the song played on a solo sax by Brandon Marsalis during the opening mm-hmm. logo. And in 1990, Melba Moore released a modern rendition of Lift Every Voice and Sing. Ray Charles, Stephanie Mills, Anita Baker, Dionne Warwick, Stevie Wonder... Uh, the gospel artists uh, BB and CC Winans, and um, so it's just it's a it's a beautiful song, but I really love that Beyonce version. Oh, absolutely! And you know, one of the other things is that um, Holly has posted all of the the songs that we've been talking about Friday and today, so you can go. Holly's on the Lori and Julia show pager. Yeah, so yeah. they're on the okay. show page, and it's a, its own separate th- uh, link, and you can go to all the, the YouTube videos yeah. right there. And I, you know, I've been like I'm, you know. Because you can't remember all the songs, and like on Friday we did a, like a lot of '60s, you know, yes. songs, protest song. But yet, so all these songs still resonate. The message is still the same: injustice, racial injustice, inequality. Um, so today, um, well, actually, last night I started looking for songs, and luckily I've got my companion Alexa to just shout, shout orders to. But a lot of the songs is she like me at home? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm yelling at Alexa to play these different songs, but a lot of them are, they're not safe for, you know, they're, sure, there's they're blistering sweat. lyrics yep. with uh, a lot of words that just we can't play on the radio. Absolutely. So it's not that I'm not thinking of some of the Kendrick Lamar, no, right. Daisy, and some of the other songs that are out there. It's just that we can't find clean versions right. of them. So, uh, but uh, speaking of Beyonce, since we just played that song, So um, she uh, went on Instagram on Saturday and posted, just wanted to speak up about the death of uh, George Floyd. So um, in case you don't have Instagram, but here's Beyonce uh, speaking from the heart to her 147 million followers on Insta. We need justice for George Floyd. 
We all witnessed his murder in broad daylight. We're broken and we're disgusted. We cannot normalize this pain. And I'm not only speaking to people of color. If you're white, black, brown, or anything in between, I'm sure you feel hopeless by the racism going on in America right now. No more senseless killings of human beings. No more seeing people of color as less than human. We can no longer look away. George is all of our family in humanity. He's our family because he's a fellow American. There have been too many times. And then she goes on. Mm-hmm. Just, she just ends it with there have been too many times we've seen these violent killings and no consequences. Yes, someone is charged, but justice is far from being achieved. And, and that's where it does end. And um, uh, that also followed on the heels of Jay-Z spoke out after he had a call with Governor Tim Walz. And um, Walz also talked about it. And um, he's the one who he did an interview with a WCCO and he reached out that Jay-Z had called him. He said, I got a call Saturday night um, to understand how big this was. It was from Jay-Z. This is Governor Walz, not international performer, but as a dad stressing to me that justice needs to be uh uh, served and I think quite honestly as a black man whose visceral pain of this that he knew his words summarized that we need justice and yep. we're looking to Minnesota yep, to be the leader to do he knows the world is watching it's a positive sign that he is focused and I appreciated the phone call and then Jay-Z um, confirmed the details in a statement released by his label Rock Nation's Instagram yesterday and he just thanked Governor Walls for doing what's right, for calling in Attorney General Keith Ellison to take over the George Absolutely. Floyd case. And um, and he said, yes, I'm human, a father and a black man in pain. I'm not the only one. Now I, along with an entire country in pain, call upon A.G. Ellison to do the right thing, prosecute those responsible for the murder of George Floyd to the fullest extent of the law. So he... He posted that, and it did come out uh, today that in a family autopsy, yes, indeed, what we saw with our eyes, that George Floyd uh, was, was asphyxiated, that he died yep. of uh, being asphyxiated um, by the officer kneeling on his neck. Yep. So anyway, so I, I'm glad that those, uh, you know, that they spoke up. I also was like a tickled pink with uh, Billie Eilish. Um because she was just having zero you-know-whats to give. Um, she... Posted on her Instagram, I can't remember how many people she has following her, but she was just kind of, I don't know if it was on Saturday it started going around, All Lives Matter. Yes. Okay, instead of Black Lives Matter. So here's what she says. If I hear one more white person say All Lives Matter, one more bleeping time, I'm going to lose my bleeping mind. Will you shut the bleep up? No one else is saying your life doesn't matter. No one is saying your life isn't hard. If all lives matter, why are black people killed for just being a black? Why are immigrants persecuted? Um, and then she goes on to say, um, if your friend gets a cut on their arm, are you going to wait to give all your friends a Band-Aid first because all arms matter? No, you're going to help your friend because they're in pain and they are bleeding. And then uh, that got it started with people saying, it's like going to a breast cancer walk and yelling, all cancer matters. Right. Or your house is on fire and your neighbors aren't, but they're like, well, what about our house fire? That isn't happening. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I like like that Billie Eilish, uh, you know, 
specifically slam that because I think that is a. It's just that there's no room there's in no, the conversation. Right we don't Mm-mm. not ever. Mm-mm. Of course, all lives matter. Yeah. But uh, as she said, you know, um, if it mattered, why are black people the one that are being killed? You know, in these uh, encounters uh, that that shouldn't end with that kind of thing. Lord also spoke to her. Instead, people and basically, you know, I apologize that this is your reality and, um, you know, just uh, slammed systemic brutality. And then Justin Bieber on his Insta yesterday admits he said, I've been feeling shame in the sense of like, why did it take these men being killed for me to take the blanket off of my eyes? I think that's a common feeling, Lori, amongst a lot of people right now. And then his wife, Haley, yep. said the same thing. You know, um, I I under, I don't understand what it's like to be pro- racially profiled and targeted and uncertain if I could lose my life because of the color of my skin. So, you know, I give props to the these uh, young people speaking up and speaking out. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. When we come back, we're going to hear from um, a community leader. Um, Akua Ellis and um, share her thoughts from the Twin Cities, uh, the Greater Twin Cities United Way. We'll be right back. This is Lori. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.